Ooh, it is a very exciting day today as The Legend of Zelda Scarlet Sword has finally come out on the Nintendo Wii. Elmo, how do you feel about this one, my friend? Are you looking forward to it? <laughs> yes, Joe, I'm really looking forward to playing this one. Twilight Princess was a joy, so really looking forward to this game too. But Elmo... I have some unfortunate news. You cannot play this game. You are a puppet. Good day, everybody, and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. And today we're talking all about our weekend with The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Nintendo has a brand new competitor in the handheld gaming race and a re-release is a good thing. And to talk all about that is my best mate, Bryce DeWitt. Hello. Bryce. Hello. Hello. Hope you're going well, Bryce. Dead inside. Dead inside, and that's no good. <laughs> I'm playing like 20 plus hours of Skyward Sword. Mmm. <laughs> mm. yeah. See, I don't know why or how you did that, but... Well, I mean, mm. I, I was I, like, okay, so like, mm. obviously, you know, you know, you know that I'm writing, writing about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got a code. Thank you, Nintendo, very much. Um, and I was, I've been given two weeks to review it. Two, which is outside the usual standard that I usually get to review games. Granted, this one is, you know, comparatively probably a little bit longer of an experience to what, you know, most would be. Um, And uh, yeah, but I really just want to get through it. And then I'm I'm thinking about 100%ing it because it's not that hard. Yeah. And then I can make like a full non-stop like this is it this is 100 percent. i've done everything this is my thoughts but yeah we'll see yeah that sounds very dangerous i hope your uh health is still still on point <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes i yes. yes. don't know about that wise guard sword mm. well before we get into the scarlet sword stuff because i dare say that's going to take a oh a, shit yes it will a decent amount of our time here today. I just want to point out a brand new Apple podcast review. So thank you very much. Uh, it's a gobbledygook name. So oh, yeah, I'm not going to try. But uh, they say very enjoyable. Australian humor is top notch. But Van Bryce, they go. They're a bit cheeky. They're trying to put in a few shout outs for some other podcasts. But I'll allow it. Thank you very much for the five star review. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Sans Pants and Mr. Sunday Movies, other great Australian podcasts. Personally, I haven't heard of them. Hey, hey, if you've got the time for us and uh, you listen to them as well, I'm sure they're worth your listen. So, beautiful. well done. Mr. Sunday Podcast. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Fellow Australians, how you going? Uh, we're the House of Mario. If uh, Mr. Sunday Movies or anyone sees us, hello. 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 It's us. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. So, that can also be the guru geek out. That's from the yeah. <laughs> Just. Okay. There you go. There goes the geek. So, someone made a guru geek out Give through an Apple geek. podcast review. Now, I don't want, I don't, I hope this isn't some cheeky sort of self promotion <laughs> thing they're trying here. Uh, at the Apple podcast thing here does say that they are from Great Britain. So it's all good. So, probably not. 
Mm. You'd want to hope not. Yeah. No, you, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't hope so. Mm. 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 So, all right, let's jump into it, Bryce. Legend of Zelda Skull Sword HD came out on Friday. <laughs> Just uh, as Bryce already mentioned before, thank you very much to Nintendo for providing us a copy of the game. And uh, yeah, let's jump into it, Bryce. So, this, this game is a very divisive game for us. We haven't played it since it came out uh, in 2011 on the Wii. And uh, we had some problems with the pacing, with the backtracking, with a lot of the sort of the busy work that's involved with the game. But now with the HD re-release, there are some fixes in there, which do include fire, shutting up, not talking as much, uh, items not being <laughs> described to you every single time you boot up the system. And, you know, the sort of improvements, there's a, there's a good list of them, which do help uh, with the overall experience of the game. But, uh, you putting about twenty hours into the game. I've I'm taking it nice and slow. My my problem was the game with the game mainly is that it's too repetitive. That it's a bit of a grind. So I want to the way I'm looking at this sort of re-release is just take it nice and slow. I want to see if uh, that does help things because when the game first did come out in on the Wii, I <laughs> I smashed like half of it out in the first week as well. And I remember getting the soccer training and my friend Joseph. He said to me, hey, man, uh, what have you been up to this weekend? And I just looked at him and like squinting because the sun hurt. And I'm just like, <coughs> Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've been doing. That's all I've been doing. I bet I was at the beach house playing Zelda. Um, so didn't quite do it <laughs> like that this time. Played about five hours. I'm just up to the second dungeon, about mm-hmm. to tackle that. But Bryce, you're you're very far in the game, 20 hours in. Uh how are you finding it so far? What is your preferred way of controlling the game so far? Because there's different sort of yeah. options with buttons and that this time. How are you feeling so far? Well, look, the... Okay, let, let's let's say 20 hours in the game. Um, first off, I would argue that in a first-time playthrough, this would be more like 35 hours into the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, now, I didn't, I didn't remember most of the puzzles. It is easily one of the most forgettable Zelda games I've ever played. Ooh. I forgot. I forgot a couple of things as well. Definitely, just from the first yeah. bit, just like trying to trying to put together like a key. I'm like, where the hell's the last one? <laughs> like, yeah, you that's know, that right. Type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it is it is largely a forgettable forgettable in terms of like the puzzles and stuff like that. So 20 hours in is more than likely probably what I put about 35 hours in when I was you know playing it for the first time. Yep. Um, I would attribute like a fair bit of that is. Um, monotony cut down. Um, I've used button controls almost exclusively, and that also cuts down the time a lot. Uh, mm. And I mean, like an absolute metric shit ton, uh, because there's less fumbling, um, and sword play is faster because you don't have to. Yeah you know, adjust so much. And it's your thumb instead of the whole arm. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel as monotonous to play as a result. Yeah. So I've um, just talking about on the controls, I, I made the decision to be like, I kind of felt like using the motion controls. I don't know why, but just like there aren't many experiences that are quite like it, but yeah. I like it in there. And like the game was built around those motion controls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll actually, I'll play it like this. <laughs> Um, and for the sword, I think it's great with the Joy-Cons. There's a lot of recalibrating with the Y button. Being like, oh, I'm a bit sort of <laughs> out of calibration. So I press the Y button, you're back to where you are. But there's been a few times where I have said, oh, it's just 
not working for me. So I go to the options, swap the button controls. Mm-hmm. There's a few times uh, riding the loft wing, um, just a tutorial, a tutorial at the start. I just, <laughs> it was not working. <laughs> so change the button controls for that. Yeah. And there's also a moment in the first dungeon where you've got to put a shape into the door as the key. You've got to like, you know, yeah. uh, turn it around, try and get it the right sort of shape to go in. It just, I'm like, this is not Impossible. working. Yeah. But I changed the button controls, turn, 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 bang. Yep. It's in. Yeah. <laughs> I could, because it's just, it was not like, I'm holding the Joy-Con and I'm like rotating it where I want it to go. It's just doing the complete opposite. Oh I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. So at least, and <clears throat> they weren't problems that I necessarily had on the Wii version. I don't remember those moments being all that bad. There were moments where, because um, in the Wii version, there's a, a swimming section where you've got to be very precise. Mm-hmm. And uh, also you have to boost. And to boost, you need to shake the Wiimote, which is also your point of direction. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So moments like that, we can just be like, all right, if you do prefer motion controls, at least you can just go into the option, uh, do your button controls and uh, maybe move back if that's what you're in the mood for. Yeah, that's right. So I'm glad those options are there, but yeah, continue on, bros. Look, Skyward Sword has has the complete opposite problem that I talked about, Mario Golf, in that Mario Golf with motion, <laughs> motion controls wasn't simple enough. And then it's more like with this release, the Joy-Cons are too simple for the motion controls. Mm. Like, it's the complete opposite problem. Um, with Mario Golf, like, I, I can't, I could, like, it, it's almost deadly, too deadly accurate. And it's kind of annoying. Um, but with Skyward Sword, it, it's very clear that like Motion Plus and this had different ideas in mind when actually creating it. So then trying to recraft it, especially since it's a, like another port studio, it's not Nintendo directly handling it. Mm. I don't think they could capture the same thing. And unfortunately, like accuracy is huge in getting through Skyward Sword. At a reasonable oh, yeah. pace. That's the whole game's based on, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 kind of irritating. Um but that being said, like the button controls they work they work fine. They they're very serviceable. Um I think the problem is is that like Zelda like Zelda Sky well Skyward Sword rather in general is is a Zelda title. Right? So when you have you when you have that monotony, which is largely injured to the controls sometimes, like let's be real here, um it does really dampen the experience. Um, I've found that button controls have made it less painful. Um, if there's one thing to note about Skyward Sword, it's repetitiveness. Like, no matter what you do, everything's repetitive. Um, so having that cut down to sort of more simplified button controls, which makes the experience less repetitive, makes it more bearable, and that's how I've managed to smash out most of the game over the course of a weekend. Um, if I was playing with motion controls the entire time, see in four weeks. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Like, I'd, I'd get so over it. Um, you know, when when it comes to repetitiveness, like I've always talked about the dungeons being repetitive or, you know, the areas being repetitive because let's be real, like, it is. It's 100% down to it. I'm down to where I'm, where I'm currently at, like, light spoilers, but, like, where I'm at, um, I'm at the tail end of the game and this is the third time you have to go and explore all three areas again, third time throughout the entire game. Um, and that in, that in itself was always a problem, no, no matter what. Um, so that sucks, but 
whatever. Uh, but what I've actually found is that the monotony wasn't just in that. Like I always centered in and focused as a central point as like these areas are monotonous and so are these things that I have to do. They're extremely monotonous. But combat was also extremely monotonous. And I just don't think I realized it until now. Like, you know, everything's a puzzle. And we've, we've both always said that about Skyward Sword. Everything is a puzzle. That's what the game is. It is a giant puzzle. You do, do combat. It's a puzzle. You do a puzzle. It's a puzzle. You do a dungeon. It's a puzzle. <laughs> yep. you, 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 I don't know. Sh- fucking hit a goddess cube. And then, you know, that getting up to the goddess cube is a puzzle. And then you go to the sky and then finding it is a puzzle. And then you... Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the combat being a puzzle is extremely repetitive. Mm. Yeah, just like every single enemy you approach, you're like, oh, all right, man, you go for the, you go for the slice, you sort of miss, go tink, then they pull up their shield again, and you're like, oh, all right, you're sort of working out. And it, in like a normal Zelda game, you probably just run up to them and press A, yeah. and they're dead and you move on. And I mean, like, it's a problem. And something I'm really starting to center in and something, it, it, it's it's become one of the core reasons I hate desert levels. Mm. But I remember talking to you back in the day and even sort of like through our discussions, I was thought you're like, oh, time stone, time stone mechanics are cool in the desert. The desert was cool. I'm like, yep. But you know what? I found out why I hate the desert so much. Was that? It is the most slow and monotonous part of the entire game. Not just because of the time stones. The time stones are sort of fine, right? You know, there is puzzle aspects, aspects to them that make you think. But when you go to the mining facility, which is the first time you go to the desert, all the enemies are electric, which slows down combat, like, egregiously, because if you hit them with your sword, you get hurt. <laughs> so, Bacoblins have electro sticks, you have electro choo-choos, you have electro keys, so you have electro everything. If you hit them with if you hit them with your sword, you get hurt, which means that you can't spam attacks. Even when you're on controller, you can't spam attacks, because you just keep hitting their friggin' electric bits. You're like, God damn it. That's slow. Then the sand, that slows you down because it's quicksand. It wants you to be slow. So there's that. Then there's sprinting across the quicksand and then like just not making it and then <laughs> yeah. drowning because the, 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 the actual sections itself is specifically made to run you out of your entire stamina meter and then you sink in the sand. That makes you go back to the start. That makes you slower. Everything about that is slower. Um... Then you've got the minecarts, like when you've got the time stone on the minecarts. The minecarts travel extremely fucking slow. Everything's really slow. Mm. And you have to do that desert section in multiple areas, I suppose, but still three times. Yeah, and that's that's part of the game too. Uh, obviously, just replaying it. I'm only five hours in, but just from what I remember, the whole sort of experience is just trying to slow you down as much as it possibly can. Whether it's getting to a dungeon and it's like, oh, you need to find five parts of the key or you need to find these certain characters or there's always something to do. And while I do appreciate that there is dungeon aspects outside of the dungeon, whether the whole the whole area, this was the whole sort of thing leading up with their marketing uh, before the Wii version came out. So, oh, you know, uh, it's not just the dungeons. There's outside the dungeons. There's the, the bits in Skyloft. Like there's there's puzzles everywhere. And while that's great, it sort of does just really drag it down. It's just like, how long does this game go for? And I mean, some of it's not even creative puzzle thinking. Some of it's kind of just there to annoy the shit out of you. Yeah, there's like, a lot of fetch quests, a lot of, you know, stuff like that. And with 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 it being the, the way it is, it is kind of just like, like I appreciate the puzzles guys. And there are some well thought out puzzles and some real, like the fucking, like the sand ship one, despite the fact like me just talking about shit on 
you know, the desert, has a really cool puzzle. And that is that, like, you know, you've got that one central time stone that affects everything on the ship. And so you've kind of got to, got to look through grates to shoot the time stone or whatever, and you do all that. And that's cool and everything, but just, like, anything beyond that, it's just like, oh, look for this specific area or send this beetle into a hole to hit a button or something like that. Like, it's just irritating. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're obviously live at the moment. We've got a couple people in chat. We've got Luke there. He says, not enough openness. That is another problem <laughs> in itself. Um, the problem that I have, at least, with it is that, you know, you've got all this monotony and you want something to sort of break up that monotony. But there is nothing. Um, you know, with with uh, Wind Waker, you know, if you felt like it, you could go out in the open sea and stuff like that and you would go and go to a different island, see what's on that island. You might find a cave. You might find something like that. They tried to replicate that with Sky- Skyward Sword but put nothing in its world. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of ironic in a way because Skyward Sword, the, you got you got the, the sky. Yeah, that's and, right. And it's just like it's one of the most closed-in... Oh, it is the most closed in Zelda game almost ever made. Yeah, that's like, right. You yeah. know, there's um, no freedom. Yeah, and one thing I noticed is like uh, the HD remaster with the graphics. They look a lot better. Oh, fantastic! It looks fantastic. The UI has been redone. Yep. Everything just really pops and looks awesome on a TV, even yeah, on the like the Switch's screen. In comparison, yeah. Yeah, but I was um one thing that it did sort of point out to me because it is it is a Wii game. It's a ten year old game at this point, so that's you know fair enough. But um, just like running uh, through the woods up the side, going up a bit of a hill, uh, just like the backgrounds on the Wii, it not being HD, actually it kind of worked for the game just because of that painterly aesthetic, just yeah. how it all blurred into one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, now in the HD version, like the models and everything look fantastic. Every now and again, you see like a, a texture on a rock or something. You're like, yep, that's a Wii game. Yeah, that's just right, very yeah. obviously. Yeah. I think I think Link and Zelda and the, all the main characters look awesome. Oh yeah, um, there's details that weren't there before too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but like running up the hill and like looking over the fence, it just reminded me of Bob on Battlefield from Mario sixty four. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's a, obviously <laughs> <laughs> obviously with uh, Skyloft and everything being floating. It's like yeah, that is just part of the lore and everything. But it just feels like a a little floating world, kind of like Bob on Battlefield and Mario sixty four levels felt in that. And uh, that's just sort of what uh, the background's not being as separated. Yeah, kind of reminds me of now. But you know, that's just what it is. I'm not. That's not really a jab at the game, but that's just a funny little observation. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I had when I was playing it. We're obviously going to have a bigger discussion about this, so we'll, we'll try to stop talking about the negative and go into the positive for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, to, to sort of summarize that up is that I think, like, you know, I think it's I think it's doing okay and keeping me engaged enough. Um, but the repetitiveness is never going to go away. It's always it's always been built into the game. I knew that going into it. I'm like, it's not going to change. Mm. It it just might be faster and easy to get through. And I was right. It is. It I'm getting through it quicker, which is good because that means less pain. <laughs> you know, to get to get to the point, get to the story, and that's where the positive point sits. Is the story is good in Skyward Sword, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be as as spoilerless as possible. But the story is good. Um, you know, relationship between Link and Zelda is probably the most interactive it has been, like, throughout the years up until that point. Um, obviously, Breath of the Wild is sort of on that level now too. But before that, there wasn't the same level of interaction between Link and Zelda where they actually acted as a unit, as a camaraderie, as, mm. you know, 
the two powers against the greater power in which is Ganon. You know, usually it's just like find the princess at the end of the game and Twilight Princess was guilty of this. Uh, find the princess at the end of the game. Then you do your camaraderie thing and then that's it. But like in Breath of the Wild and Skyward Sword, it is like, you know, they've always been connected in some way and therefore have this camaraderie and friendship um, that is important and more story, like more driven to the story. And Skyward Sword was the initial jumping point for that kind of idea for Zelda games. Yeah. And we saw like a massive focus on motion controls with the Wii release. Mm-hmm. And we saw a massive focus on narrative and ultimately the focus on those two things has what has led to this game being so linear and being empty. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they prove they can do it without it. And I think that's, yeah. that is the issue, right? Like I know the Wii was restricted in a lot of, in a lot of like ways and all mm. that stuff, but I feel like, you know, it was, it wouldn't have been that hard to sort of just bridge the areas together in some sense, like for Hyrule. Yeah, I mean, like Nintendo sixty four and GameCube and all that did it. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> which is why is why it's stupidly jarring. Like, it's not hard to have sort of small internet interconnected areas, and you know, you could have a foundation of what would be like Kakariko Village or something in in like the offset. But no, not really. It doesn't really happen. It mm. is kind of just like here is your areas. Go to them. Have fun. See you later. Bye bye. Um, and, but, come, and come back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and again, c- again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and then come back to the sacred grounds, and again, and again, and again, and again. Yeah. Um, but like the actual story itself, you know, it is it is good. There is there's never been anything objectively wrong with Skyward Sword's story. It's like the reason that I've I've wanted to play it again anyway, um, despite knowing how repetitive it was going to be. Like, that is what I appreciate about Skyward Sword. And I think that's the same to anybody that's played it and is picking it up again. I think that's what people hold dear to the game. I don't think anything else around the game is why. And I think that's systematically the problem. Yeah. (laughs) Without any question, you know. Mm. It's definitely a page turner. It's what made me keep coming back to it to start off with. Um, Like I said, I smashed it out in the first weekend back in 2011 um, then I had like a, a week break. I can't remember why. I think I was up to a certain point where I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. Like it sort of just yeah, yeah. It you got stopped. To, it, yeah. yeah, it got to the point where I'm like, oh, all right, that's enough. And I had to had to get myself back to it. And you know, I I enjoyed it. The story is what drew me back to it. But I know I know a lot of people that are thinking about picking up this new HD version and said, oh, I never actually finished that game. I never, you know, I didn't get past this part. I never did this or I never picked it up. Because in 2011, that was like a year where, you know, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 were picking up steam. The fact that the Wii wasn't HD, that was like, a, that was really starting to show, show yeah, time. then. Yeah. I remember reviews being like, yeah, it's fun, but how the hell are we playing an SD game in 2011? Like it was starting to show and this was the swan song to the Wii. The Wii. Yeah. And it was a very important game. We've been looking forward to, a, you know, a one-to-one sword game for a long time, whether it was Star Wars or Zelda or whatever. And we finally got it from Nintendo, but um, just from, you know, it wasn't the best Zelda game, but it's, it is an excellent Zelda game. It's it's hard. See, because I wouldn't even really call it excellent. I would call yeah, it Yeah, that like, was a bit, that was a bit over. I would say very good. I'd say, yeah, good. Good. Like, it, it's it's good in keeping you motivated enough, but the problem is, is like once you, once you start, you're like, all right, this is cool. You get through through the first three areas, you're like, all right, 
I'm at a good pace here. I'm enjoying my time. And then, you know, when the repetitive kick, when the, you know, monotony or repetitiveness or whatever, uh, it, it kicks in, that is when everything sort of starts to change. And you're kind of just surfing for that next bit in the story where you're like, all right, what am I doing? Where is this going? Where is this headed? Where is this taking me? Mm. Um, and like, you know, whenever it's brought up in conversation with me, uh, like, oh, should I play Skyward Sword or whatever? I'm kind of just like once. Um, because you'll remember the story for what it's worth. Like, it's it's good, and it's a good foundation for, you know, Zelda and mm. its timeline, as most people will know it by now as the beginning of the Zelda timeline. Um, it's it's a good foundation for all of that. Um, but the issue is is that, you know, it's not something you're going to want to go back and play again for fun. It's it's not, <laughs> realistically. Yeah. Um. Talk about replaying in the original game. Once you beat the game, you had access to hero mode afterwards. Yes. I, th- I think it was a bit of a miss, but hero mode wasn't originally or wasn't put into this one to start off with, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are replaying it. <clears throat> so that would have been a good thing because there's no way I'm going to go back I dive into it again for hero mode. You I know, I kind of wish they just put hero mode. Like you could choose hero mode from the start. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Yeah, like. It's kind of like I'd like to play it in in a more more difficult setting to actually make me think about it more. But these these control buttons they they let me coast through the game so easily that I just don't care. Mm. Um, not that that's a bad thing though. Like you know, as as we were talking about the controls earlier, like it's good to have that alternate method because the motion controls they're not up to par realistically. Um, there is too much accuracy needed in Skyward Sword that the Joy-Cons don't give. It's a real weird problem, isn't it? It's like, you know, in Mario Golf, it's too accurate. It's far too accurate. Don't know why the fuck it's so accurate. It is, like, criminally accurate in Mario Golf. (laughs) But for some reason, in Skyward Sword, where it's needed most, it is not accurate at all. No, 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 the sword stuff is pretty good. Yeah, until you have to reset and reset and reset and reset all the time. Yeah. It doesn't just pick up where you are. <laughs> what I what I have trouble with is uh, with the bombs. Throwing them is fine, but when you got to bowl them, like you're sitting in your chair, then you've got to put your like arm down to the ground as like you're going to do like a bowling motion. Yeah. It's like, so I'm sitting on my couch and I've got my like, legs obviously where they are. And I've got my just hands in my lap. So I bowl the bombs. So I'm like, all right. So I fucking like lean off the couch. You've got to like throw at the TV. I'm like, oh, this, do you think about this? this? I'm not standing up. No. I'm not playing Wii Sports. I'm so, I'm so happy that you can just bomb bowl with buttons now. I like, I, I miss that. That is one of the, one of the things in Skyward Sword where I'm just like, yes, that was a fantastic idea. Do that again. That they just never did again. It was bomb bowling. <laughs> Bomb bowling, yeah. Because you could literally just bowl it in the direction and it would like be accurate as shit and it would just be good, right? You know, that's how it always was. And instead of like jankily throwing it, um, having indicator markers and stuff like that in Sky would sort to see the arc and where it's sort of going is very handy because you need it with the motion controls. Mm. But like with bomb bowling, it didn't even really matter. As long as you didn't have to like friggin' hoops it. <laughs> like you could just roll you could just roll the bomb and it would go farther than you could ever toss it overhead so you just roll the roll the bomb and it would eventually hit its hit hit its target before it blows up surely like mm-hmm. you know is sort of how it is um but uh yeah i mean you know at at this current point in time point in time we obviously went we obviously got a bigger discussion coming up um in a few weeks time um coming from Two people who have played the absolute fuck out of it when we were young uh, compared to somebody who's just first playing it now. 
Yeah, so we'll have a spoiler cast in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Obviously, myself and Bryce and Ash Wallace, who hasn't played it uh, on the Wii, and he's now playing it for the first time. So this will be his first time sort of jumping into it. Yeah, whereas, first time through. Whereas for us, we've been marinating on our... Just yeah, like, on just our saltiness. <laughs> our saltiness for God knows that long. We're like beef jerky at this point, just fucking smoked out and salted. Give me a chew of that finger, Bros. Ooh, that's a good finger you got there, mate. <laughs> but yeah, um, so, I mean, at this current point in time, I, I guess, you know, if you're wondering if you should pick up Skyward Sword, um, if, if you are the type of person who's already played it and you've got what you wanted out of it through the story and you're kind of like... Should I be purchasing this again? Because I don't think I'll make it through. Mm. Probably not. <laughs> Honestly, like, you know, we, we all know that, you know, it's more expensive than the Wii one. So if you've already got the Wii one kicking around, it's not going to do much different for you. Um, Ooh. I don't know. Like, I would say if you want to replay it, if you're willing to put 30 hours plus into a game, I think this one will take away a lot of what makes the Wii one that l- just a little bit more of a grind, whether it is mm. just like the stuff they put into it or just the nicer graphics, the fact that it's on a, a modern day console. I, I don't know, man. I think they've taken out the speed running glitches in the HD version. So if you really <laughs> want to get past like all the monotonous crap, you probably could do it faster in the Wii version these days. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no, but I don't know. If you want to sit there for the full journey, it might be worth the cost price. But if you're honestly like, if you remember your time of Skyward Sword and you're kind of like, Jesus Christ, that was a game to get through, you're probably not going to enjoy it. That, that is just the bare minimum yeah, yeah. of truth. But, like, you know, if it is your first time playing Skyward Sword, I recommend it. There is a reason it's being re-released. You know, it is one of Zelda's probably best stories. Mm. Um, probably, like, m- maybe not in my own personal opinion about some things, but... You know, the relationship between Zelda and Link and sort of how that all folds together and the background lore that it sets is is great. It is, yes. It's fantastic and it, it does sort of set the precedent for the rest of the series. And knowing that information is good and I think digesting it through its original medium, media, medium, whatever, is the best way to do it, no matter what. And then you've got like a manga that comes before Skyward Sword technically, which you can read after the fact, which... You know, playing the actual game helps before getting that context. Yeah, it's in a horror story. It is. If it anyone's is got that laying around, yeah, 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 and it's it's a good little manga too. But you're better off uh, playing Skyward Sword first if you don't want to be spoiled of just mm. about everything in Skyward Sword before reading that little tidbit of manga. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely good for first time players because you're not going to experience the same amount of monotony that was in the original Wii version. Um. If you have positive memories of Skyward Sword, you'll find it fine. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, but yeah, it it is sort of just the crowd that sort of sits on the on the edge of like, I don't, gee, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I could play through this again. Yeah, and like the reason we are so hard on it is because it is a Legend of Zelda game. Absolutely, yeah. We are, you know, we've got expectations for that series, and realistically, if it was, uh, this is like a very good game compared to say. <laughs> other say companies or whatever making similar games yeah it is still an excellent game it's just it does definitely have its problems and i know for me if you are interested in playing this i would say get this version pay the extra don't try and cheap out on the wii version go back to your old copy or get a second hand version or whatever i would say this this is worth it just from aesthetically mechanically 
Um, just ease of use. Obviously, with the Switch now, you can play it handheld mode. This is the first sort of traditional 3D Zelda game we've had in the palm of our hand on Switch, apart from um, Link's Awakening and Breath of the Wild. They're obviously very different games to this one. Yep. So it is nice having your traditional dungeons and puzzles and stuff in our hands. So yeah. that's a nice little bonus as well. Yeah, and I mean, like, it is it is interesting to see these three different flavors of Zelda on one console. I think that is, like, the takeaway from this, is that, you know, you get a top-down 2D sort of set game, you get a 3D, uh, traditional, a traditional 3D uh, Zelda, and then you get a new Zelda experience. And we've all got that across the same console. And it's nice, um, to be sure. I just feel like... I feel like Skyward Sword here is is here more or less for a reason, not for its preservation. Mm. Um, because obviously, you know, if anybody's kept up with trailers of Breath of the Wild two, there seems to be something there that could be imp- importance that comes from Skyward Sword, and you know, uh, Skyward Sword is a decade old now. It is. Yeah, kind of a hard game to replicate without. You know, then they, they said they're never going to do it with buttons. They're like. Oh, button controls just wouldn't work for this game. They said that. It did. It does. It does. It, it actually does. <laughs> they made it work for this game. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's the thing to take away from it. Yeah. You can yeah. play with buttons, guys. It makes it quicker. Trust me. Fucking Jesus Christ, does it make it quicker? Fighting moblins <laughs> has never been easier. I can just fucking get stuck behind their ass and constantly slash. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, you're showing me your boss battle before and you're just like, hey, hey, hey. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, when, when moblins first come into play, they got their, like, their shield and you're going to like cut up their shield and I'm kind of just like, all right. And then they knock me over, but then they walk over the top of my body. So I get stuck between their shield and their ass. And I can just constantly swipe <laughs> and kill them that way. Like at the loss of a heart, I don't have to go through the annoying process of like, oh shit, better back and step, forward, back and forward, back and forward and back. And just, I could just sit behind their ass and go. <laughs> just yeah, Link's doing like a bit of a dance, like the, a ballroom dance. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and then you got the one, one, one Link in the back that's like on cocaine and. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's very much a good description of uh, button controls. Button controls, yeah. Link has taken meth. <laughs> Link has taken meth and now he swipes really fast. Mm. Watch out for him on his Tinder profile. Yeah. Swipe right, baby. Swipe right. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. That's, that's a good thing about the motion controls. You're doing it, it's like, no, swipe. No, swipe left. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> swipe, swipe right. <laughs> uh, Jesus. So, yeah, absolutely great game. Actually, before we... I keep on saying great game. You keep saying great game. It's good game. I. It's hard. I, I'm I'm very much like between a a seven and an eight. If I had to do like a numbered score, seven. I feel like I'll do. If I'm in some some days I'll say a seven. Some days I'll say eight. At the moment I'll say seven, because that is typically what I feel. To um, me, to me, I think it's six point five to seven. Honestly. Great Zelda experience for one reason, <laughs> and then the rest mm. of them, it's kind of tough to yeah, it's hard. It's stand hard. up for the argument, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I've still got a lot to go for um, my current playthrough of the HD version. Who knows? I'll be done tomorrow. Yeah, you'll be done tomorrow, you freaking crazy man. I can guarantee it, I'll be done tomorrow. Oh, God. Yeah, when you told me, like, oh, I played nine hours today, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, because here's the thing, is like you said earlier, you're like, you know, oh, I'll just take it by little nibbles. 
Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. What a delicious oh. little slice of Skyward Sword. Oh, what, a, what, a, what a delight. Oh, oh, beautiful. Yeah. No, it doesn't fucking work like that. If you <laughs> if you want to get through it, you're just going to have to fucking get through it because you'll get through those first set of dungeons and then you're like, oh, I've got to do that again. Fuck. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that, that's my exact reason though you do that all in the same day yes. you do like the exact same thing in the same you, day you run a Nintendo podcast my friend you want to do a spoiler cast on this you're not going to get it done in the time allotted you know like that's the problem and that's the situation I've got to look at it as too is just like if I leave this to sit and be like alright I've done my three dungeons for today I'm going to just have a rough later to, and then I play f- something I enjoy more then I'm not going to want to go back to it mm. <laughs> to be fair I've not touched Final Fantasy since I got the game. Literally. Oh, Bryce, you're right, mate. Where's your pulse? I know. Oh, my God. Where the fuck is there's my no pulse? There's no pulse. There's no pulse. Skyward Sword has killed Bryce. <laughs> He's killed me. Because I know if I, st- if I stop and I play something else now, I'm going to give up. Mm. Because I'm starting to feel that creep in on me where I'm like, God damn it. Just get through it. You can get through it. Still haven't been to the flooded forest yet. When that happens, that'll be the that'll be the point where I'm going to be like. Mm. Actually, no, Elden Volcano. Never mind. Just all of it. Losing your <laughs> items. Lo- no, losing your items. Well, stop doing spoilers around here, bro. Losing your yeah. items. Yeah, That's not a spoiler. You're just losing your items. They don't know what I'm talking about. You just lose your items. Where are they? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, you don't. yeah true. And then I would count that as spoilers, but I'm sorry if you guys do as well. Oh my god! Yeah. Send a message to Bryce saying, "Yeah, if you're very angry about getting spoiled about your items, which I did not even discuss what items you lost, you just right. lost items, guys. Regardless of you're angry, just send him an angry message anyway. Oh, just fuck off. <laughs> oh, all right. So get amongst Skyward Sword. If you don't want it, that's fine too. Yep. Yep." Yeah, so good. I, I do. I was thinking of this the other day. I was, I've been meaning to check. I wonder if they still have Skyward Sword on the Wii Virtual Console on Wii U, or if they removed it because they are cheeky like that. I can't imagine they would have because they do it for Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze and Pikmin Three. They removed them from the Wii U eShop when they brought out deluxe versions, right? Which is bullshit. So if you bought Pikmin Three on Wii U. And you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't downloaded it because I've got 32 gigs of a hard drive, which is nothing. You can't download it even if you bought it. They removed it. No, surely not. <sighs> go and check, my friend. <laughs> you should just be able to go to your redown. Like, because I don't think they can legally do that. Surely not. I don't think they can. I think you would just be able to go back to your like previously purchased and then hit the download button again because you can do that with uh, app, like phones and mm. apps. No, right? I, I certainly hope so. Because you want to fucking hope so because that's literally stealing. <laughs> that's just like blocking you off from yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's cheeky bastards. Cheeky bastards. Cheeky bastards. Oh, cheeky bastard. All right, let's get into some news, Bryce. There was a quite a, quite an exciting announcement by another company this week. Talk for 40 minutes already. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? Hi, guys. Check out my new Steam Deck. My body is still. Bryce, I would check out your Steam Deck, but we can't get it here in Australia. Yeah, no, it's fucked. Yeah, it's a bit mean. A bit mean of them. So, Valve, they announced the other day that they are bringing out a brand new product called the Steam Deck. It is pretty much a Switch, um, but no removable Joy-Cons. It's a, a PC inside of a 
kind of a handheld switch-like form factor. Mm-hmm. It's got two analog sticks, a mm. D-pad, a D-pad, Bryce. Isn't that revolutionary? Oh, my God. <clears throat> God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So uh, just reading from the Steam website, we've partnered with AMD to create Steam Deck's custom APU optimized for handheld gaming. It's a Zen 2 Plus uh, RDNA 2 powerhouse delivering more than enough performance to run the latest AAA games in a very power-efficient envelope. And you'll be able to play pretty much all of your Steam games on this thing. Mm -hmm. You'll be running a a custom uh, Steam OS that runs on uh, Linux. So that's correct. Very yeah. cool. Uh, it comes in three uh, sort of versions, all with the same uh, uh, power, pretty much. Yes, yes. But uh, one comes with 64 gigabytes of eMMC memory. So that's a little bit of a slower hard drive. Yes, it is. That's correct. Then another one with 256 gigabytes of uh, NVMe SSD, and the other one with 600. No. 512 gigabytes of MM, NVMe. NVMe SSD. God. That's right. NVMe. Yeah. And a lot of letters there, Bryce. NVMe. A lot of letters there. So, NVMe. Um, if for those that uh, haven't seen it, it is. It does look like a big fat Game Gear Switch. <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm. I'm excited for the prospects of this thing. I am too. I am too. Um, I think. Uh, it's exciting because I just love handheld gaming. Nintendo is the only one who is currently doing it in a real fashion. Uh, Xbox are doing it through sort of streaming through to mobile phones and stuff. That is an option if you want to get a, a controller for your phone, do it that way. Um, but there's no like real just onboard way of playing your games without an internet connection. So Switch has been the only one for the last four years after PlayStation sort of sent the PlayStation Vita out to die. But what's really exciting about this is that there's a new competitor coming in, Valve. I don't think they're going to... They're not going to shit Nintendo out of the water. No, no. I don't think they're going to even come close. This no. is this is not your average consumer device. There's no... No, but it is the most versatile device that's going to be available. Yeah, it's going to be extremely versatile. It has all the sort of upsides that PC gaming has. Mm-hmm. And that massive library of Steam games... Supposedly, it's, it's not even should just all work. Yeah, it's not even just that. Yeah, like the thing is, is like, okay, so Steam products they're not too bad, right? You know, they don't come out very often. Steam PCs didn't do too well. Uh, the Steam controller, it's kind of liked by some, depending on what games it's being used for. Um, but the Steam Link, that thing is a fucking bargain. Like you could pick that, you could pick a Steam Link up for thirty to fifty dollars on sale. And that is like one of the best pieces of technology, in my opinion, that you could have connected um, to your TV for price cost, mm. honestly, because having access to your PC games from any room is brilliant. I really should have picked up more when they were still in circulation because I would have one on every TV. <laughs> like, no shit. Um, anyway, regardless of that, I'm kind of hoping that they do the same thing with this and they sort of just hit it out the ballpark because what they're promising is like, when when they announced it, they're just like they want it. They're like we want it to be a PC, and you're like, that's good news. And they're like, you know, they're like, you know, you can ditch Steam OS and you can put Windows on it, and then through Windows, you know, you know what that means. You can do lots of things with it. You can do, uh, you can put Steam on there like you normally would. You can check your emails. You can check do your, your ta- emails. Do your taxes. You can fucking go on Chrome. 
Um, but no, like not even just that, but like, you know, you got to think of Epic Games storefront, then you think of like GOG and, you know, then you've got non-DRM games like League of Legends and stuff like that. Um, and then Game Pass as well. PlayStation Studios have games going up on Steam. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a, like a really good way to play portable Xbox and portable PlayStation games as time goes on. It's going to be really good for that. Mm, it is. Like, I'm looking forward to it for Game Pass stuff. I, I like. I want to get this thing and I want to take it out of the box and I don't even want to boot it up. I want to plug it into the computer and I want to wipe it and put Windows on it immediately. Mm, yeah, so do I. Like, no shit. <laughs> because like, as SteamOS is fine, right? It, it's not bad. It works fine. Like they use an emulated version for Steam Link. It's it's all right. It's fine. But the amount of modulability you have with this thing is gonna just completely like, like you think of you think of the gaming market in general. And you think of like Nintendo's portion, Xbox's portion, Microsoft portion, PC gaming portion in handheld mode is going to be fucking like massive because obviously there's only two people in the handheld market at the moment. That'd be Nintendo and PC. Who's going to have the more games? Definitely the PC. Yeah. So it is going to like completely like destroy that pie graph, like down to an absolute nutcase. The only thing is that it has to be good. If it is not good, then it, it objectively fails and there's no point. And that sucks. Yeah. What, what I'm really interested in it uh, mainly about is just, like, say, if PlayStation said, we're making a new portable, they, yeah. would, they would have to support that with their studios. They would have to support that with third-party content. And, like, they, they struggled with the Vita. And there's no way they're going to take resources away from, say, Naughty Dog, Insomniac, to be like, make this portable game. But with Steam and the PC uh, ecosystem, just like saying it all works here, we've already got a back catalogue. Developers are already putting games on top-of-the-line PCs that will work on this as well. That just completely eliminates that problem. Mm. And even, uh, say, with Switch, where developers have to make games for the Switch, mm-hmm. which is a which could be a pro and a con depending on what the game is. Um, just those games will automatically come to this thing, whether it is, yes. yeah. whether it is a, a port or whatever. And, I mean, just think about it, right? You know, like uh, Steam has always sort of played, uh, like has always sort of placated towards... Um, PlayStation peripherals and stuff like that working working on Steam, right? Mm. So what are the chances that like, you know, when you're coming into this market, Microsoft have already got their platform on PC. The, like, you know, the PC is their platform. They um, fucking Microsoft Windows, like it is theirs. What if like PlayStation started working with Steam? Then all of a sudden like, because it's obvious PlayStation wants to break into the market. So all of a sudden you've got official releases on Steam. And, I mean, you kind of already do. You've got stuff like Horizon Zero Dawn and stuff like that. Horizon Zero Dawn Portable. Anybody? Yeah, please. <laughs> That'd be good. It'd be literally a direct competitor to Breath of the Wild in its own, like, prospect. But, like, you know, just, just from that from that thought process of, like, having a all-encompassing PC, like, sort of right there in your hands that you can do a hell of a lot with, like, you think of, you know... There, there's d- devices like it that have been done uh, done before, but they don't. They're not as geared. I mean, they are because they've got sort of you know D pads on them and stuff like that. But then nothing that is as big as supported as the Steam brand. Mm. So this is huge. Yeah, there was an Alienware one a couple of years ago. It was like a lot more expensive and not as capable as far as like the power went. No, but 
I think what is most exciting about this, it's not just the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that like um like uh, Gabe Newell in in an interview he did with IGN, he described this as a new category of product. Yeah. So other companies will be able to make this using similar parts using Steam. And there's gonna be it's gonna be like a brand new category of say a gaming laptop, a That's gaming tower. Cool. And this this will be going up against Nintendo. Not this year, not next year, maybe not even the year after necessarily, but this will be a way into the handheld market where developers will be able to put their games on there with no work at all. Could you imagine a slick razor product? Oh. Yeah, exactly. And holy fuck. I'm I'm just a huge fan of handheld gaming and whether yeah. it, whether it's Nintendo or PlayStation or if Xbox wanted to give it a go, Sega back in the day, I just love hold, holding the game in my hand, being able to take it where I want to, snuggle in bed on the yeah. couch, headphones on. It's just a really intimate experience and being, having the option for this is just awesome. I, I went to go and pre-order it and that's when I was sadly met with the screen that it's only US and UK. Yeah. Out of the pre-order. I was like, no! That's so fucked. And... um. So the, the news coming out more recently is that if you say you pre-order now, you won't be getting it until the end of next year, pretty much. So there's there's a big backlog of these. They're not necessarily a massive mass market item like the Switches. The Switch got announced and it came out in three months, you know, and that, that's a, a more price-friendly option to families and stuff. Um, obviously, with the Nintendo games on it as well, that's a big push for that. But yeah, this yeah. is this is very much the type of consumer that wants that wants more from that type of device. Yeah, which I think I am, to be honest. They could have not timed it like more perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Like, with, at all. with the OLED switch being like, oh, we wanted more out of this. Finish. Oh, there it is. Yeah, Steam's making it. So many people are <laughs> fucking buying into it. Like content creators and stuff like that. They're all fucking like latching onto this thing, mm. like mad. And that's a good thing. And you know, like I want, I want this, this, like you said, this category of product to evolve. Mm. Yeah, and I want to see like this sort of make the leap, make the jump, and then, you know, sort of work with that in mind because at the end of the day, like, nothing would satisfy me more than having this portable PC where I have access to a Steam library and I can sort of, you know, just fish around with whatever the hell I've got. I've got over, like, over a couple hundred games in my Steam library I could be playing. Mm. That's that's a lot of games. And, like, looking at this form factor, <sighs> like, it looks chunky. You expect that from what it's got inside of it. That's oh, fine. Yeah. What was it? Nine times the power of... Um, I think they I think they actually did equate it to the power. Like, you know how there was always that, oh, you know, it's, it's like with the Switch, they were like, oh, it's as powerful as a, like a Xbox One or PS4 or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm. And it never, it never really was. We know it wasn't. No, no. You know, this thing actually, like, with the chipset it's got in it, it definitely is. Yeah, it so definitely it's, is as powerful. it's got, like, the same similar chipset to the Xbox Series S. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think overall, if you just want uh, an idea of how powerful it is, it's basically the power of a PlayStation 4. Yep. Basically. Yep. Which is awesome in this form factor. Yeah. And just for people that haven't seen it, uh, the analog sticks are... Both at the top, similar to the Wii U gamepad. And also the the D-pad is right next to the uh, analog stick to the left of it. And the buttons are right next to the right analog stick as well. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, what the hell is this? This is looks stupid. It's dumb. It's a dumb placement. But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that is really smart. Because say on my uh, 
uh, 3DS or Switch, the, D, the D-pad being underneath, if it's not in the grip, I can't use the D-pad because it's in the wrong spot. You look at your thumb where you move it, you move it left and right, but once you're moving it down, that is when you get hand cramp. Mm-hmm. So having the D-pad right next to the analog stick, it looks it looks dumb. We haven't seen it on a normal controller before. Yeah, yeah. The, the Switch doesn't do it. The, but it's a smart placement, realistically. I think it's a smart placement. Until we can actually use it, I can't and listen, say that I like it. Like as somebody that plays MMORPGs, that is a very good placement. It is, mm. it is extremely good placement. Yeah. Um, and then the track pads, like... Yes, of course, but we haven't mentioned that yet. Like, holy shit, the amount of buttons on this thing, man. Just thinking about it. Like, they've got, they've got dual mouse track pads. And then they've got mm. four back buttons like you would on an Xbox Elite controller. Yes, I love that. And I just... That's massive. And the actual shape of it, it's got, it's got the hand grooves. You can compare that to the, I guess, the Wii U gamepad as well. It's got the grooves for your hand. And I actually put my Switch in a grip that makes it that shape. Yeah. So I'm very happy that it's just there as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this when I can eventually get one. I feel like mm. when Australia gets the opportunity to get it, <laughs> once the the chip shortages and all of that sort of thing affecting, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna let it blow over. But like it is, yeah. it has killed my drive for an OLED switch. It has. Mm. Like I'm, I, I was gonna get one next year. Now I just think I'll hold out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not about to jump the gun and be like, all right, I'm on it. Here's an OLED switch. I'll fucking just save until I hear more about this this thing. Not not that like you know I've like if my switch breaks and I'm like well fuck like I have to get a new switch. I've got no choice in that matter. Yeah. But I will I will ride my switch until it does. Like yeah. Well, I I had the same sort of thought because I was I'm like all right I want this thing. This is like <laughs> this is kind of not hundred percent made for me. But I'm like I really want this thing. Like, yeah. I'll start playing on Steam. Like I will. This is what gets me interested in PC gaming. Mm-hmm. Like if I, uh, you just need to start PC gaming. Oh. <laughs> tell you what, t- tell tell your traditional PC gaming to no, go away. Well, go go fucking at least at least like boot up that PlayStation Five and uh, you know install the uh, critically acclaimed oh, RPG Final Fantasy you're just trying to get me into that game, are you, bro? Do that, and then oh. and then you'll understand. You'll be like these oh. these these controller controls are nice, but you know what? I would like more buttons. And then you'd be like, oh, yes, a keyboard and mouse. That sounds like a good idea, actually. Mm. I've got nothing against a keyboard and mouse, Bryce. Nothing yeah. against a keyboard and mouse. Mm. Tell you what, I uh, I actually prefer to play Halo that way. Yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah. I don't know. Aiming's better. Yeah. But uh, anyway, regardless, I, I was like, when I was looking at this to pre-order, it's about 800 and something bucks for like the... The, the biggest uh, hard drive version. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, so it's 800 something bucks. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll get rid of my OLED pre-order. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll get this. But, yeah. But since that didn't happen, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm- Guess you're not now. Guess, guess I'm still wasting that money. <laughs> yeah. It sucks because like, you know, like it's revolutionary in my opinion. Like I don't think there's any way, any way to go about it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, Nintendo have done the formula and they're like, they've perfected it. Like the Switch is a beautiful- a beautiful piece of hardware. I know it's like the most powerful thing on the market and the OLED could be better, but like in terms of form factor and what you get out of the Switch, it's very good. And it's very clear that it is a great way to sort of move forward with other fo- other sources of gaming. And this is this is a big step for PC in so many ways. It is the most successful platform for indie games. So people will always put indie titles in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of DRM-free games that work really well on there. Uh, free to play, free to play games work really well on there, and are usually developed for PC first. 
no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with all the access to all the different stores you've got and the approaching PlayStation to PC market and Game Pass being available on PC, this is a fucking very valuable piece of technology realistically. Yeah. Mm. Um, although, like, I'll be using it in very similar ways to the Switch, I think a lot of people are like, oh, what does this mean for Nintendo? And I don't think it means... It doesn't really mean anything. Like I said earlier, it doesn't mean a whole lot until there's more of these products coming on and they're sort of more targeting the family audience that Nintendo is. But remember, like, you know, this thing doesn't have removable Joy-Cons and that. And while I know myself, you, Bryce, and maybe a lot of you guys who listen to the show don't take off the Joy-Cons and use them in and, uh, desktop mode or whatever, yeah. a lot of people do. And that's... Um, that's a lot of the magic of the Switch is being able to turn any area into like a multiplayer gaming That's area, right, yeah. Which yeah. is a lot of fun. Um, just the Nintendo games themselves, uh, they won't be on this unless you want to, you know, emulate <laughs> a lot of stuff on there, yeah. which is an option. But it's just, you know, as great as PC gaming is, it will never be as straightforward as what Nintendo puts forward, which is just a very limited OS where you just select your game and jump straight into it. But um, I don't see it being that straightforward on Steam, but... Regardless, very excited for this product. Yep. Doesn't seem like we're going to be getting it. Getting it. Nah, not for a long time. When when it comes to when it comes to like sales and stuff like that, I think I think what we've just discussed is probably the most it's going to affect is people that are just like, oh, yeah, the OLED's not much of an upgrade, but I've had my launch switch for a while, mm. sort of thing. But now they're seeing this and they're just like, I can hold out. I can I can replace my switch later. Yeah, I, I think that is what it is, right? Um, so yeah, I think I think you know, just sort of just a wait and see, and just see how things go. It's just yeah, it's just an exciting sort of prospect of how other companies can get into this space. Yeah, like for example, if uh, PlayStation they wanted to get back in the space, they could. I kind of don't want them to. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they will. But say they could make like a portable PlayStation Four. Be like, all right. We're not going to be like supporting this thing necessarily, but it's the, there. <laughs> the whole library of the last seven years will be supported on this device. Have fun. You know what I mean? That is a mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But then you'd have to make it near digital only. Yeah, yeah. Unless you put the it's not the PSP again. Put in the big Blu-ray so disc, guys. Oh. Guys, just trust us. You have to snap your discs and insert them like toast to transfer the mm. data. Yeah, you just have to do it. Sorry. You just have to snap the disc. That's it. And look, I'll get little Timmy to demonstrate. He takes like a nice pristine copy of Persona 5 <laughs> it's, it's or something. My, it's my favourite game. No, don't snap it. It's like, snap it, Jimmy. <laughs> snap it, Jimmy. <laughs> snap it. We need to demonstrate to our customers how you insert this thing like a toaster. <laughs> snap it. Snap it. <laughs> snap it, Jimmy. <laughs> there you go. Now insert it like a toaster. It doesn't work. It's like, <laughs> it, starts, it starts like overheating. It's like, it's like, ting. And just like shoots out across. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. That's the PlayStation Portable. Portable games. Yeah, portable. <laughs> All right, Bryce, let's move on. So our good friend Reggie Fizemay has uh, announced a brand new book. Phil's aim. Phil's aim. Phil's aim. Philly aim. So from Nintendo Enthusiast, I'll read the article so I don't miss any bits about his new book. Bryce, just off the bat, are you, are you keen to read a book from Reggie? Um, I think it'd be interesting hearing the story, so I might audiobook it. Mm. But I'm, I'm not about to... Oh, so I, I would love him 
to be the voice for the audio, audio book as well. No, you know That'd what? I think he'd do it too. I think he'd do it. He's got time. He's retired. <laughs> yeah, when he's not filling in for GameStop's mess that the internet literally fixed. <laughs> he's not anymore. He's 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 removed himself from that role. Oh yeah, yeah, I know he did. Yeah, yeah. So it's all good. Yeah, that's right. It didn't matter because the internet fixed GameStop's problem anyway. <laughs> By uh, driving up their stocks by like literally f- 10 times what they're worth. Yeah. Sorry, more than that. 100 times what they were worth <laughs> at one point. $4 to 400 Jesus Christ. I hope they, uh, hope people sold those stocks while they could. I think they did. Yeah. Most of them anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the article reads, former Nintendo of America president and COO Reggie Fields May has written a book that is part uh, one part inspiring autobiography, one part leadership lessons to help readers ascend to the top of the business world, um, uh, disrupting the game from the Bronx to the top of Nintendo. That is uh, the name of the book. Uh, there are listings for it on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble through Amazon. Uh, as the book retail listing explains, you will learn from Reggie how to leverage uh, just disruptive thinking to pinpoint the life choices that will make you truly happy Conquer negative perceptions from those who un- uh, underestimate or outright dismiss you and master the grit, perseverance and resilience it takes to dominate in the business world and reach your professional dreams. To get even more sp- uh, specific about the contents of the book, Reggie will share his perspective on the following areas in disrupting the game from the Bronx to the top of Nintendo. So the dot points are... Uh, about the challenges Reggie faced throughout his life and career from his humble childhood <laughs> as the son um, of immigrants to become one of the most powerful yeah, most powerful names in the history of the gaming industry. What it takes to reach the top of your own industry, including being brave enough to stand up for your ideas while also, also being open to alternative paths to success. How to create a vibrant and believable version, uh, visions for your team and company how to maintain a, a relentless curiosity and know when to ask questions to shatter the status quo. So, yeah, just uh, I'm really interested in this. I haven't read the Awada book yet, which I've been meaning to. What actually happened with that, I, I pre-ordered it on Amazon like early in the year. I'm like, I pre-ordered it, cool, can't wait to get it in the post. It never rocked up. I'm like, what the fuck? I never go on my Amazon account because why would I? So I go on there and it says, oh, we're still, we're still waiting for payment. I'm like, oh, that's what Amazon does. It doesn't pay straight away. It pays when it ships or it just before it ships, which I find really annoying. I just, <laughs> just want to pay for it and just yeah. make sure it's okay and then I'll get it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be getting that. I'm just going to download it on my iPad. I reckon both of these books, get the digital copies, yeah. read through them. I'm not much of a book reader. I'm really interested in reading these. But I've really got to force myself to read. Oh shit, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I want to. I I'm want to read more, and uh, I think like these topics I'm super interested in. Hopefully, get me moving, <laughs> moving the ball. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this book. There's no sort of release date or anything just yet, I believe. Um, I do expect it to be this year. So if you're interested in more of the life story of Reggie, mm-hmm. this will be there for you. Yes. 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 And uh, yes, Reggie, hopefully we'll be doing the, <laughs> the voice so Bryce can listen to it while he's... Audio books are fun, man. Yeah. 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 No, they are. They are. It's like listening to a podcast, but it's a book. Yeah, a book. A 20-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
this this is an interesting sort of rumor that got debunked by Nintendo themselves. So also from Nintendo Life, Nintendo denies claims it will make increased profits with Switch OLED. No plans for other model. So where this basically come from is uh, Bloomberg came out and said, hey, it's only 10 extra bucks for Nintendo to include the, uh, you know, the changes to the OLED model. So they'll be making uh, an extra $40 US on top of what they're already making. And, it, and, yeah. and Nintendo came out. <laughs> they came out cannons firing. Yeah, they're like, no, get fucked. Because <laughs> yeah. if if I was Nintendo, just like, all right, Bloomberg, you're, you're saying a lot of shit. And over the year, it has been proved they're talking a lot of shit. Yeah. I don't, a very reputable uh, website, but they're talking a lot of shit when it comes to Nintendo. So. Uh, let's read the article for a, a bit more context. So Nintendo has issued a statement regarding claims that it's set to make an increased profit with the Switch OLED compared to the standard model. Describing the, them as incorrect, the post addressed address to investors and customers on social media this morning references a Bloomberg, Bloomberg, Bloomberg. Uh, report which claimed that the Switch OLED's manufacturing costs come in at around $10 per unit. unit meaning Nintendo is uh, improving profit margins. Here's Nintendo's full message. A news report on July 15th, 2021, claimed that the profit margin of Nintendo Switch OLED model would increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. To ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers, we want to make it clear that the claim is incorrect. We also want to clarify that we just announced announced the Nintendo Switch OLED model, which will launch on November, uh, October 8th, 2021, and have no plans for launching any other model at this time. So, God damn it, Bloomberg. Look, at the end of the day, we don't know if they're lying or not. They, they could be like, oh, no, 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 we're not making that much money, more money. So we are, we are making that much more money. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it's just uh, interesting to point out, just in case... I know people out there are a bit grumpy because with the price increase in the US of 50 bucks and about 80 bucks in Australia, that is a big increase. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, just that uh, news out there that they are just increasing it because, ha-ha, we have you by the balls, which, you know, they do. <laughs> they always have. <laughs> they always have, you know. Um, if they do something egregious, we're not going to buy it. They've they've sort of uh, brought out a lot of games. Yeah, if they're like, the Switch OLED only has an OLED screen, we're charging an extra $150. We'll be like, all right, shove it up your ass. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. But this is believable. Yeah, it's believable enough. Yeah, but like I said, we, we'll never know. So anyway, doesn't matter too much. Just don't get too angry as because some, that as, report wasn't necessarily correct. As somebody that just bought a big OLED TV when I could have bought any other like 4K standard LCD... I can definitely tell you, yeah, the screens are definitely more expensive, 100%. Um, it's understandable that a screen like this would cost a little bit more money, and if that's it, that's fine. Standard 4K TV, if I went and bought one of them, would have cost maybe a third, third of the cost that mm. I would have paid for it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's worth it's worth the money if you if you're into that display, if you're into like a better display. For your TV, yeah, like yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. especially for your TV, it's like the main. I would, I would love to have for the house. I would love to have an OLED screen switch, but I just can't justify it when I know that there's better things coming. Mm. That is, that is the sort of end all and be all. Yeah, like you know, you're looking at getting a PS5 very soon. 
Uh, there's this Steam Deck, which we, we won't be getting, but we'd like to. We'll set some money aside yeah. for it. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and it's going to play the same game. Plenty of reasons good. to, you know, save your money. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about the Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Oh, boy. That was announced. We, uh, have, we have way too much to talk about, Jesus. We do, we do. Damn, I forgot about this too. Wow. All right, yep. So yeah, I, I'm. I forgot about it. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you sort of uh, run off with this one, Bryce. So yeah, I remember I I saw the news. Well, yeah, that, that was cool. When you like messaged me saying like what all the uh, competitive Smash players are talking about, talking yeah. about the mechanics from their um you know pulled across from their other games they've made, and I really don't know that much about what the what this developer's done. Right, but yeah. You do. So, let so me know. they made it. They made a semi sort of Smash clone like quite a while ago, like an indie-ish sort of thing called Slap City, mm-hmm. um, and that featured a lot of things that melee players like, whether it be like wave dashing or you know shining or whatever. You know, like a bunch of glitch mechanics from melee that people praise to this day as like the best thing that's ever happened to fighting games. Um, now in Slap City, it was very popular among melee players for that very reason. Had a lot of mechanics from Melee. Mm. Turns out that this thing, this, this I'm going to call it a thing because Cartoon Cartoon Network tried to do their own version and it was just absolutely shite. Um, and then this one, it's looking a little bit better than that, but at the same time, is it though? Uh, in that, it's made by the guys who made Slap City, and therefore they are bringing over a lot of. The mechanics of what would what was in Slap City, which means wave dashing will be there and stuff like that. Um, now, <clears throat> kind of a kind of a weird roster to show off immediately. So they didn't really show off any of the main main characters like they would in Smash Brothers, where the whole central point is like, look, it's Super Smash Brothers. So that must mean that Mario's here. Wow. You know, like, whatever. There's a lot of characters that sort of float through in the initial launch trailer. Uh, we've actually currently got it playing right now, so it's actually good for a reminder. But, like, stuff like Powdered Toast Man. <laughs> yeah. Ever heard of Powdered Toast Man before? I don't know if I have. And I love Ren and Stimpy, but I'm like... Powdered Toast Who Man. Who the hell's Powdered Toast Man? It's Powdered Toast Man. Yeah. I can't say I recognise him at all. I, I do. I remember yeah. Powdered Toast I'm Man. I'm a fake Ren and Stimpy fan, obviously. But they never, they never announced Ren and Stimpy. People just picked them yeah. out from the box art. Yeah. So and they've like left all their big hitters for later reveal. So that includes, I actually think that does include SpongeBob as well. Uh, Ang, possibly Korra, uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, and I, look, I'm sure this, this will be a fine game for what it's worth. It is just a Smash clone uh, with a lot of the melee mechanics sitting around. Uh, because it is more of an officially licensed game and as such has more of a, I guess, foot forward in the sense that it's made by something that it's made by a company that melee players have actually enjoyed their work. It'll probably get a, a bit more of a foothold, but it's just so fucking random. It is so out of nowhere. Yeah, because like, was it last year or the year before when Nickelodeon they brought out the kart racer, and that yeah. just that just turned out to be just trash, just a waste of time, yeah, for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, um, so I don't have uh, too much sort of faith in this one, because um, what is uh, what is Slap City like? 
Because I've never actually... Not fine. Because is that like a well-regarded fighting game? Oh, no, nah, it's not like fucking breaking world records and it's not taking yeah, yeah. people away from melee, but people are pre- people who played melee appreciated it. It's it's one of those things. It's like Rivals of Aether and shit like that, where you know Rivals of Aether was kind of just like, wow, look, it's Smash Brothers, but it's two D, and you can play as a fish or an owl, man. Ooh. Oh, wow! Like that—that's kind of what it was. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what Slap City sort of was. It was sort of like that. Is it on Switch or just PC or Slap City? I think I think it's only on Steam. Yeah, right. Let me you you talk for a minute. I'll check that. But yeah, I'm sure. Back. Pretty sure it's something Steam. Because, uh, like, per- personally for me, I, I I do wish this is at least okay because I would like to pick this up on a sale and just play it. Because I, I love Smash Brothers. Um, I know this won't be anywhere near, and I repeat, anywhere near the quality, but just the idea of, like, these Nickelodeon characters. Like, I love most of them. Just, like, Rugrats, I love that Reptar is the representative for that. I don't know if they're going to include any of the kids, that that might be a little bit weird having like a, a kid like kicking a SpongeBob in the face and I don't know. I don't know about a baby jumping around, but I love how they brought Reptar in. Um it's like the Hey Arnold. Um what's her name? Helga? That's her name, isn't it, Bros? Helga from Hey Arnold. Yeah, yeah Helga. They got her in there, SpongeBob, Patrick. Uh, I do hope the Avatar characters are in there. I think they're a shoe and that's just really weird if they didn't include them. because um, that, that is probably my favourite Nickelodeon show. Cat dog, I hope cat dogs included. That'd be a fun little move set they could do with um, those two mm-hmm. being included. <coughs> so yeah, yeah. So um, uh, slap St- uh, slap city is a twenty dollars game on Steam only. Yep, and it features only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine characters, and they're all from Ludosity Games uh, library. So it is basically Ludosity's Smash. Right. Smash clone using their own characters, including a really buff platypus. Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, have you not seen the buff platypus I, before? I haven't seen anything of that game, Bryce. I've never no, heard of it in my life. I'll show you. I'm just imagining the uh, the platypus from like the mascot from the 2000 Australian Olympic Games. That's the platypus I, I uh, yeah, have in my heart. Look, at the, there's a buff platypus punching a young child. Okay, so maybe they will put the babies in from Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> if they got no problem of punching kids, buff buff platypus punching a young child. Mm. There you go. Kind of reminds me of uh, when we were playing Smash Brothers sixty four, and uh, like Ness, we had no idea about Earthbound or anything. We just referred to him as the kid. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is this thing? Yeah, it's like oh, it's Ness. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Delfino says, "I think of Perry the, Perry the platypus uh, from uh, Phineas and Ferb." I'm yes, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of like yeah, really buff, uh, except he's blue, not green. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, <laughs> uses a dumbbell for some reason. Is that'll make his punches hurt way more and it'll get way more of a burn? Yeah, it's like a knuckle, knuckle duster, but it's a fucking dumbbell. And just <laughs> although it wouldn't work on some people's heads because they aren't thick enough. <laughs> Just go straight through. You'd only be getting the fist. What's the point? If you're punching with a dumbbell in your hand, that's a good way to break your fingers. That's true. It's not. It's that. It's not a smart idea. But maybe that platypus has muscles upon muscles in its fingers. Those muscles grew muscles, and it's grew muscles. Yeah, true. Mm. Anyway, all right, Bryce. Before we get into Reggie's rec room, let's just do some uh, House of Mario Red Coin 
releases before mm-hmm. we get into that. Okay. So a very obvious one, The Legend of Zelda Skull Sword HD for 80 bucks on the Australian eShop. Go and get it if you wish. Um, and that is pretty much it for this week. There's really not much coming out. So I just picked out two random games. Ross, that's enough. I'm going to turn you down if you keep doing that. Okay, so the next one is <laughs> Lambs on the Road, the beginning. And I picked this one out because... You know, every now and again, as a farmer, we do get our lambs on the road. And last time one of our lambs went out on the road, a car hit it, and that became a bit of an insurance job for us. So this game brings back bad memories. But if you want those memories for yourself, you can get them for (laughs) for, uh, $4.50. So go and check that out. But just the uh, sort of summary for it. Oh, my God, Bryce, you're killing me here. So, Lambs on the Road is a adventure platformer game with small puzzles. Help John to find her daughter in a post-apocalyptic world with plenty of danger. So, yep, that is Lambs on the Road. Next one, Bryce, is a ASMR Journey oh, Jigsaw boy. Puzzle. This one is also a very cheap one. It's $25 off at the moment. $4.49 on the Australian eShop. Uh, a jigsaw puzzle game that takes you on a relaxing visit to lively and magical environments with a peaceful and serene environments. Okay, there you go. So yeah, it's literally just a jigsaw puzzle game, but I pulled those two out because there's literally nothing else. Just Sky Sword this week. So if you want to waste your money, go and spend it on some video games. Monster Hunter stories. Did we they, talk about that last week? Oh uh, yeah, they came out last week. Anyway. I really want to get back to it, but I've had other games I had to play. To fucking play Skyward Sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was also been playing an indie game that I can't talk about just yet either. But I've been loving it. So, yeah. That's true. I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you? Mm. Oh, good. It's about a... Nah, I better not say anything. I can't say it without, without it being a slight spoiler. Yeah, let's, let's be honest here. I haven't signed anything. But just out of respect to, oh, the, yeah, to the boys that made it. I'm yeah, not saying anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I'm actually recording a uh, an episode regarding. Yeah. Yeah, with the developer or the writer tomorrow. So that's right. Yes. Look forward to that. It'll be going up at the end of the month. Mm. But anyway, Bryce, let's jump into Reggie's rec room. I've I've got a bit of a topic with us here because I feel feel bad for Reggie. He's writing a book and he's finished it. He's probably in the, you know getting in the publishing stages, and he's just got he's got no one to keep him company. So let's jump in there. And I've been, I've been wanting to talk about re-releases. And with Skyward Sword HD coming out, um, a lot of the Wii U games coming to Switch with a bit of extra content and stuff. And now PlayStation are also uh, trying their hand into what Nintendo's doing with the director's cuts. And a lot of people have been a bit upset about their methods. And I'd like to discuss maybe the differences between what Nintendo's doing and PlayStation's doing. So let's jump in and talk about that. Okay. Hi, Nintendo fans. Hi, Reggie. Reggie here. Oh, it's hey, good man. to hear you again, man. Thank you for your never-ending support, for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. Hey, that's all good, man. I heard you uh, wrote a whole-ass book while you were in here. That's impressive. Damn, son. How did you even get it out to the publisher? We keep this place locked tight. Yeah, well, we must have got our internet passcode. Mate, I leave the typewriter over the other side of the room, and you're chained to the bar. Where the, Jesus. where the hell did you manage to get a second typewriter? 
Now, you've got to chain to the bar. I've never seen Reggie chained to anything. Is this some kink thing you're up to while no, no, I'm no, away? No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's chained up by the leg, mate. Like, you know. Does that make it any better? Well, yeah. I mean, if it was if it was a dirty thing, it would be to a bed. Like, not, not to a bar. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Bryce. You might be a, a bedless type of boy. I mean, he's, he's sitting behind the bar. He's, like, wiping some nice glasses clean. He's... Pouring us drinks. We're just haven't been here for a few weeks. That's mm. not the point anyway. Where the hell is the typewriter come from? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Why would he even have a typewriter? Was he just... Is he that worried about us finding out what's uh, going on? Actually, you know what? I left a copy of Pokemon Typing Adventure in there. Oh, God. Shit. He wrote it all on Pokemon Typing Adventure. Mm. Well, there you go, guys. He wrote the entire book that he's uh, getting published uh, through Pokemon Typing Adventure. So, credits to you, Reggie. I didn't think it was possible. That's but impressive. He, he did it. Yeah. yeah. Pokemon <laughs> Typing Adventure. Holy mm. shit. It wasn't even released in the US. He imported no. a copy and got somebody to shove it through the mailbox slot. He managed to get the piranha plant to fetch it. Yeah, so... If they wanted to sell it in the US, it would have it would have been Reggie's sort of yes or no to be actually have that product in the US. So do you reckon Reggie held that from the US citizens just to write the book? Just to write the book Damn. in the future? Conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah, I don't know. There's something, there's something going on here, bro. I, I really wish I picked that stupid shit up. I can't believe I didn't. Every now and again, you see it like really cheap. You're like, do I want that? You're like, oh, why would I want that? But it's a nice little collector's it piece, It really is. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's not available in the US. So it's like, hmm. Maybe I should get that. <laughs> and then you're like, do I really just need a Bluetooth keyboard? Yeah. yeah. Right. Can you use that Bluetooth keyboard on like your PC? You absolutely can, yeah. Fantastic. It's, just a, it's just a regular Bluetooth keyboard. You could <laughs> use it on your PS4, then you'd be portraying the monarchy. Woo. <laughs> 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 uh, <Whoa. laughs> uh, well, let's use that as a segue. So PlayStation, they uh, announced that they're bringing director's cuts. So enhanced versions of PlayStation 4 games to <laughs> PlayStation 5. And mm-hmm. what these what these uh, versions basically include are uh, enhancements for PlayStation 5 as well as other content they've made for the game. Yeah. And a lot of people, especially because their main competitor is Xbox, where a lot of their games with smart delivery, they move straight to the Series um, S or X version, depending on what console you've got. So it's a very, very sort of good way of keeping your customer up to date with the the latest software for their compatible device, which I think is fantastic. And ever since I was listening to a uh, an interview with uh, Phil Spencer on Giant Bomb a couple of years ago, and they they were asking asking him about uh, like oh, uh, Halo Infinite, and they were saying, "Oh well, with Halo Infinite, what's the what's going to happen with this?" Is there going to be an upgrade path where you pay 10 bucks and you get the Series X version or is it going to be free or what What the go is? And Phil Spencer's, basically, his point was, was if someone's bought a Series X, why would we limit someone to the Xbox One version when they've bought our hardware, they're playing our software, but it just doesn't run and look as good? Mm-hmm. And that just puts something in my head, like, that's obvious. Like, why, why would you want your product to look worse. So if someone came over to your house and said, oh, this is the new Xbox, that's Halo, doesn't look very good. So, oh, well, I haven't spent the 10 bucks to upgrade to the Series X version. That's just dumb. So when it comes to, say, the PlayStation side of things where there is an upgrade for Ghost of Tsushima to the PlayStation 5 version and um, they're also doing it for Death Death Stranding as well. Um, And 
the, there's a few things I sort of feel about this. Uh, one, that the new content and expansions and stuff they're doing, I think that is fair enough to charge for. I think any video game, if they're adding additional content, is worth to be uh, to pay for it. It's people's time. It's people's resources. Um, at the end of the, end of the day, that is what motivates them to support games. So I'm, I'm happy spending money for that. And Nintendo does that a lot as well. Whether it was Mario Kart 8 on Wii U or Super Smash Brothers with the two DLC passes and multiple more games, there's good examples of that throughout the industry. So I've got no problem with that. But um, a lot of people are sort of yeah looking at these games sort of thing. Why do we have to pay for the upgrades? Like I, I get there's dev time for the adaptive, adaptive triggers and stuff on the PlayStation 5. But that is ultimately just showing off what the PlayStation 5 can do. So when people come over to your house or you're talking about it um, with your friends, you'll be able to point them in that direction just say how good it is. This is why you need one over an Xbox or a Nintendo. But what I really want to talk about is comparing it to Nintendo because it, it, it made me think, and I think Nintendo gets away with it for a couple of reasons, which I'll go into. <laughs> but we've, we've, um, we've seen multiple Wii U games come out um, being the same price, if not more, in the case of Donkey Kong Tropical Country, uh, Tropical Freeze, Tropical Country, Tropical Country. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Um, so just just like a lot of examples of double dipping um, for Wii U games, uh, Legend of Zelda uh, Skyward Sword HD that has obviously had a lot more time between it, a lot more enhancements, but it's still an eighty dollar game, which uh, you know you can, you can make yeah. a de- debate left or right depending on what you want to put it as, but. With everything I've just said, Bryce, we'll, we'll jump into maybe what you think. Um, how, how do you feel about Nintendo's take on the re-release? Because PlayStation, they're trying a similar thing to what Nintendo do. Um, but yeah, what do you think? You know what? I think with the Wii U releases, I can almost excuse it. Um, Skyward Sword and releases like that, um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, now look, I think it's, I think it's objectively like a product of the time and being like, you know, uh, the Wii version of Skyward Sword was cheaper. It came out more expensive. It is just a re-release game. And, um, if you paid $10 more than what the cost price is of Skyward Sword HD back in the days when you had the Wii version instead, you got a whole ass controller for the game. I mean, the, the controller, that, that pack up there is 120 bucks back in the day for the, the Wii mode. So, yeah, imagine if you got the Joy-Cons in the game for that price. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, that that is incredible. And it come with a soundtrack as well. Oh, holy fuck, man. Like, there, there was purpose and reason to, like, you know, having it, obviously. Like, you couldn't play the game without them. The, you could play Skyward Sword HD without these Joy-Cons. Mm, yeah. But who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's it's really it's really expensive for a Wii re-release. Um. Now, as we sort of discussed at the start of the episode, the Wii, the, the re-release is it's fine. Like, it's a serviceable way to play Skyward Sword, especially if you're a first-time consumer. It is fine. Um, however, you know, with the Wii U games, that the console itself didn't get enough attention to warrant many sales in many games whatsoever. Most people that bought the Wii U bought it because it had Smash at the end of the day, mm. right? And, I mean, how much did Mario Kart sell on the Wii U? Like four mil, six mil. Uh, I, I got to look it up, but it was, it was more than that. It was like probably double that. You uh, reckon? Uh, so eight mil. Yeah, roughly. I've got to look it up. I can't. I can't look, remember. Look this at it on. Part. Look Look at it on the switch. 
Yeah, well. <laughs> Jesus motherfucking Christ. Like, that just shows how much of a consumer base of Nintendo that actually never got to experience Mario Kart 8. Because at the end of the day, the Wii sold many, many consoles. So many consoles, it was it was ridiculous. Yep. So Mario Kart 8 on Wii U is 8.45 million. Yeah, right. So 8.45 million, right? And now on the Switch, it's sold over 30. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of Mario Kart 8 in, in like, disparity. It's literally, you know, four times the amount on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you look at it from that prospect and you think about the other games that maybe didn't get as much attention, so you're thinking, like, you know, Pokemon Tournament or um, Horror Warriors, I guess, for example, by comparison... Um, those games were never destined to sell as much as Mario Kart, and therefore they objectively did a lot worse. And on a console that only sold twelve million, sold twelve million units, it's hard to tell whether they lost money or gained money from most of these because, you know, you can't really tell. But obviously, they they at, at the very best they would have like you know made a little bit of a profit, and on the average margin they would have evened out, right? Mm. But it feels, it feels a little bit. And especially from a developer's perspective, it feels kind of annoying to chuck out all that work just to even out. So they made Switch copies. Mm. And that is fine. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that, especially since the time between a lot of these games and them coming out on uh, Switch. Pikmin 3, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that is a good thing. There's a decent amount of time between them. Yeah. Um, but how do you feel, say... As a as a Wii U owner who yeah. did buy those games, I'm get, I'm getting there. Don't and them worry. Coming on Switch. Don't worry. I'm getting there. Oh, right? okay. I I I bought them. Yes. And the reason I bought them is because the Wii U had fucking great software. And the reason I bought them again is because I wanted to play that software in a less fucking annoying way than using a Wii U gamepad. And I knew I would enjoy the software, so I paid the price tag. Right, it's obvious that its targeted audience when they made these re-releases was not for people that played it mm. at all. Like no question, but I bought them anyway because I liked the games enough. So that was fine by me. I had no issues with that. Yep. Me purchasing them for full price, like yeah, maybe they could have been like, you know, oh, you're a Wii U owner here, let me throw you a bone, and they could have given me something. But they already kind of did that by giving me a free game back in the day. Yeah, so they, yeah. If you bought two games or yeah. something like that, if you put them into my Nintendo yeah, that's um, right. rewards, you got to claim one. You got to claim a free game. Yeah. yeah. So they that's actually cool. did, they did give us a bit of support for that. And they did that with the 3DS ambassadors, ambassadors as well. They're like, all right, here's some exclusives nobody else is ever going to get. So, you know, it, it's not that it never fucking happened, right? We did get rewarded for it in some prospect. Maybe the Wii U's was kind of like a pretty met average reward, but we still got rewarded for it. Um, I would have liked maybe if, say, on the Nintendo store, for example, like you could buy them digitally and it had recognized that you had playtime in these games or something like that, that maybe you would get a discount. That would be cool, like on the digital storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, not that fast. Um, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, I can see it anyway. The point is, is that like, you know, Wii U had great software. A lot of people didn't get to experience it and using Mario Kart as a, a catalyst to how well those games could have sold on a game on a console that actually did well. And the fact that profit margins on the Wii U would have been incredibly shit for any developer 
I think it's fair to re-release them. However, with cases like Scalped Sword, where it is literally coming from a console that had... What, how, how many... You're, you're the Wii Master. How much did the Wii sell? Uh, 101 million. 101 million. 101 million consoles sold for the Wii. It's, how much is the Switch sold now? About 70-something million? Yeah, about 80. About 80, about 80 now. Yeah. yeah, so about 80 million. So the Switch hasn't even really quite caught up to the Wii yet, but it's getting, it's getting pretty effing close. And most people that played the Switch probably played the Wii back in the day. Not going to lie. Um... They had ample opportunity to pick up Skyward Sword back then. They end up not doing it because the Wii was sort of ending it at Swan Song. It's coming on the Switch at a more expensive price. Yes, that's fucking irritating. Um, the fact that it costs more is fucking irritating. You can't help it and they're going to do it. But I do think it's a little bit egregious that they put that price tag on a Wii game that many people would have fucking played and they would have already made massive profits from. That's fucking annoying. I'm actually looking at the sales for Skyward Sword on the Wii. Mm-hmm. And it it pretty much failed. The the Switch release is going to smash this. It oh, sold, probably sold three point five million. Yeah, yeah. Because was it the Swan Swan Song? Yeah, people people were over the Wii by then. Like, oh, people, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you know that's not even the, the thing. Is it's not even the fact that it was a Swan Song that it was attribution to its failing. It's, it's just the position. It was the a very. It was a very. Was that? Yeah, but it was it was that. But it was also a very criticized game from the moment it was released. And a lot of people were just like, well, my Wii's dead anyway. I'm not, I really can't be fucked playing a game that I'm not going to be motivated to play. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I get it. Maybe Skyward Sword didn't do too well. They want to re-release it, see where it goes. They've just released this shiny new Breath of the Wild trailer. And this is where the manipulation sort of comes in. This shiny new Breath of the Wild 2 trailer has remnants of Skyward Sword. And you're just like, fuck, now I think I need to play this. Right? And you know what? It probably still does. Probably still does have those connections and stuff like that and a legitimate reason to play it. But that is a manipulation tactic. They're like, here's Skyward Sword. We're not showing anything of Breath of the Wild 2 today. It's like, man, I don't really have that much interest in Skyward Sword. But then they show that trailer off really close to the release date <laughs> for, for Skyward Sword. And mm-hmm. people are like, now, f- well, fuck. Guess I'm playing it. Guess I'm playing it. Guess I'm buying it. And that is exactly mm. what they've done with this. And it is very, very plain sight, clear and obvious. I don't like it. Um, I don't think they should do it again. And if they're going to release something like that, then it should be. They just fucking released Mario Galaxy. Considered one of the best games on the Wii. In a collection package. Sure, it wasn't as worked on as maybe Skyward Sword was. I get that. But they released it in a package of three different games for the same cost price. It's a little bit annoying. Skyward Sword could have had like maybe that upscale button controls added, which is pretty much all it had done. And then a fucking amiibo support that I mean, well, okay, hang on. Um, like with the text boxes and stuff, they could have even just left them in. Like the minuscule changes that they made to make the game like a more casual experience, they could have just not done that at all. Mm. Released it at a forty dollars price tag. And I think people still would have been fine even without those quality of life changes if you cut down the price by 40 bucks because it is a game you were going to play once and we discussed this earlier. Yeah, I mean, on the Wii U, they did have it on the virtual console for, uh, was it 20 bucks or 30 bucks? I can't quite remember. The, 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 Wii, the Wii virtual console titles were $27. $27. Bucks. So, you know, they kind of did do that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's kind of fucking annoying. Yeah, but like the, the thing is, just from like a marketing perspective, you're going to get nowhere near the amount of like splash and hype then it's just like hey uh, virtual console doesn't exist 
<laughs> at the moment. But it's, say if it did on Switch, you'll get nowhere near the amount of sort of hype and buzz than re-releasing it, but putting like, this new stuff into it. Here's the thing is like I want to take this from the perspective of a game that was released around about the same time and that's Xenoblade Chronicles. Xenoblade Chronicles HD come out not that long ago, mm-hmm. right? I've always heralded that game as one of the best on the Wii that pushes the system to its absolute limits. Uh, it's very, very beautiful for the type of game, like type of game it was at the time. You know, its art style definitely shows these days, but at the time it was a huge world, fucking brimming with life, lots of stuff to do. And that game got re- re-released recently, and it got a whole new chapter added to the game. The visual overhaul was far greater than that of what Skyward Sword HD's done. Let's not lie. That's definitely 100%. It definitely is. Huge, huge overhaul. And that game was sold at the same cost price. A little bit more expensive than Xenoblade Chronicles was back in the day. Absolutely, yes. But you got additional content for that price tag. Not a lot of people also experienced that game. That game only sold in the hundreds of thousands. It didn't even sell in the millions. Right? It got like a spread release worldwide that's right as well came late to the u.s absolutely yeah limited copies um, so printed it, it was completely staggered and i guess they looked at they looked at the sales for this uh for for xenoblade they looked at the sales for xenoblade and they're like we could do this for skyward sword hmm. but i think the problem with skyward sword is they didn't put enough effort in to make it a unique product and that's where it differs i don't know i think i think skyward i think you're forgetting what it looked like on wii <laughs> Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. Yeah. Because, no. like, looking at, like, side-by-side comparisons, it's like, woof. Like, the HD version does look a lot better. Draw distance are improved, the blurriness and the I background. want you to tell me this, and then I want you to look at a side-by-side comparison of Xenoblade Chronicles. It is fucking abashed how different how different it is. Mm. Yes, I know, I know. I know that. So, a- no, I'm not. I'm not forgetting it. <laughs> Trust me. I know Skyward Sword was in 480p and looked muddy and fucking doesn't look as yeah. nice as Because I, I remember here. the, the uh, direct for uh, Xenoblade. Like, oh, yeah, that looks about how I remember it. And then you actually compare them to one another. Oh, no, they've they've done a bit to this game. Yeah. Especially like in the actual HD or so the uh, definitive edition, it does look, look a lot more like anime in line with... Uh, Xenoblade Xenoblade Chronicles, Chronicles 2. 2. That's yeah. right. They set it up so that it actually looks more within the same universe. Yeah. Because a lot of people complained about about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 because they're like, this doesn't look like my Xenoblade Chronicles anymore. I'm very mad about this. Now <laughs> this looks very anime. I'm like, fucking checkmate, fucking realists. It always was a fucking anime again. Everything about Xenoblade Chronicles is anime. Mm. It's just the way there's power trips, yeah. you know, there's fucking a protagonist with a, like a, a flary costume and a fucking blonde hairstyle that's got lots of spiky little hair bits. There's fucking mechas in it. Man, Xenoblade Chronicles was an anime. It's made by Japanese. It's made by a Japanese <laughs> developer. It's fucking and it was an anime game. Mm. And the only reason it looked as muddy and un undished as it was was because it's um was the Wii. Yeah. And they changed that with the Switch release and it fucking looks incredible. They added extra content onto it that helps bridge some things together to make a, a more complete experience for both that and two. And that's good. Skyward Sword, nothing added. They added in Amiibo support with a fucking 40-something dollar Amiibo. Right? Mm. 
they added in, they, they gave you Joy-Cons. If you wanted the full complete package of like what's new in Skyward Sword HD, how much are you paying? Let's see, 150 plus the game, that's 80. That's $230 for a game that was selling at 110 with a controller. That's less than half the cost price for the full experience at the time to get the f- complete package back on the Wii. It's very egregious. Didn't get an Amiibo back in the day though. You didn't, but you got a soundtrack, and arguably, I'd, I'd argue that it would probably would have been better, regardless. Anyway, I'll tell you what, that soundtrack because it was it was a celebration of the twenty fifth year. It absolutely was, yes, uh, uh, twenty five years of Zelda, and I I unboxed that game straight away, and we smashed it on the way home. Yes, I loved it. That that symphony orchestra is oh shit, yes, it's amazing, beautiful soundtrack. Oh my god, that was such a good way to get hyped to get home and play that game. Yeah, and then it objectively hurt us like a week later. But <laughs> oh, look, I'm not feeling hurt, bro. So I've uh, it's been plenty of time. I've gotten I've gotten over it. I enjoy the good aspects. Yeah, of but Skyward Sword. You will say that until you get to about the progress of where I'm at now. Oh, don't you worry about that. Huh? You will. <laughs> I know you will because it does. Yeah. It comes back to you, just like fuck me. Mm. But anyway, um, it comes back to fuck me. Yes, that's right. That's what you said. Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's and it does. My poor soul. Anyway, um, you know, that's what it comes down to. Is that, you know. The effort with the with the Wii U products not so bad because mm. yeah per- personally with like the Wii U stuff don't care just with really with how don't. different those systems are mm-hmm. and like there's no way for backwards compatibility on a Switch there's like you know, obviously not the gamepad very like they're just different just architecture from each system yeah jumping to one another so it's just there's no way it's going to necessarily work anyway I would prefer a discount. But yeah, it's, yeah, shit happens. You shit can't happens you can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, like even when you take those Wii U ports out and you compare like other releases, the problem is is that Skyward comparing Skyward Sword and Xenoblade Chronicles is actually a very close comparison because they were released around the same time, mm. and the packages that you get in the Switch versions of these two games is completely different. Yeah, just like on on the PlayStation side of things, I I feel like PlayStation are just co- are copying it because. Ghost of the Shima, I think that is one of the more egregious ones. That game came out last year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was two years ago, three years ago. How much does the upgrade cost? Uh, I think it's roughly 10 bucks American. No idea about here. I'm not sure that matters. Yeah, because... So, but I guess that the, with, with the PlayStation 4, I can play my copy of Ghost of the Shima on the PlayStation 5. Yeah, which is irritating. Yeah, I, I think it feels, feels worse that you've got to, say, buy a new edition. But that is kind of just punishing them for having backwards compatibility on their platform. Just like, oh, I can play it. Why can't you just give me the free stuff? It's like, well, we could just not have included backwards compatibility. Do you, are you forced to upgrade? No, no, no. You're not forced. Then who cares? You're not forced. Yeah. If this is optional, then who gives a shit? Because really, you've got an option to, to pay for it. It sucks compared to what Xbox is doing with the upgrades. Yeah, but Xbox have needed to make up for a lot of work for a long time. Oh, of course. Yeah, PlayStation are on, on top of the hill at the moment. They have been for yeah a long time. Yeah. Um, and like it's it's not like we're getting free, well, not free, but paid upgrades. So if you want Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on your Switch, it's not a $10 upgrade. <laughs> There's no option. At least on the PlayStation side, there are those options. So just if, if you're in like the PlayStation ecosystem, I know it kind of sucks looking over compared to Xbox. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want it, you don't have to buy it. And... 
if you do want it, at least there is that upgrade path to the next console version. I mean, the thing is, is at the end of the day, this isn't a stranger concept. This actually happened... And uh, Delphina reminded me chatting about yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. This happened with the Wii. Yeah, Wii to Wii U. Wii to Wii U. You had to pay like a thirty cent upgrade to get it on the home screen of the fucking Wii U menu. Yeah, just like with the actual Wii U features, instead of booting up uh, backwards compatibility mode. Yeah. And when you think back to that, it's like Nintendo. You fucking serious? You're gonna make me go to the effort of getting a thirty cent transaction from my credit card, or a dollar, or whatever it was. You really gonna just go to the effort? Like that that was really stingy. <laughs> that was <laughs> It was kind of yeah. <laughs> it's like why? It was a bit ridiculous, but at the same time, it's just like if you really want that functionality, then fuck it. It's there. It's, it's there. there. But you it's not required to play the game. Like at the end of the day. You know? The thing is, it's like what I've learned through my little bits of experience of Wii U hacking. Mm. is that the Wii menu in the Wii, the virtual Wii, is actually extremely handy for a lot of things. A lot of things. And that includes emulating GC. Yeah. Hugely. like Because you, you can't just emulate that off the Wii menu. It uses the VWii because the VWii is just... You know, you can't obviously can't put GameCube discs discs into the Wii. It doesn't work. It doesn't have the disc drive for it. But it is a carbon copy of a Wii OS. It is not a reconstruction. So, like you know, you do things around that. <laughs> the Wii U is such a Russian doll. It's like it's a Wii U. Yeah, it is. You take yeah, it it's a fucking take- Matryoshka <laughs> yeah, doll. Yeah, it's just that you take it away. There's a Wii. You take that away. There's a GameCube. <laughs> Like, Take that GameCube away. There's a fucking GameCube enactment that you can play your GameCube games on or some bullshit. Yeah. Oh, fucking Jesus. I wish you could take just keep taking them away. So, oh, Nintendo 64 is in here as well. Oh, look, a Super Nintendo. Oh, shit, yeah. And, like, that's what the Wii U is good for, though, you know. And I'm people are starting to wake up to that now. Far too late, like, in, in its own right. But, I'd like, you know, arguably it's for the wrong reasons. I get that, you know. Obviously, modding your consoles and stuff like that under the legal confides of you doing it is fine. Um, obviously, piracy is not a fine act, and you probably shouldn't pirate. Oh. But the thing is, is, like, the Wii U is extremely versatile at a low price point with no real interruptions. And I know that the Switch can sort of do that too, but it's also like you need a base Switch model, like a launch day Switch to do it. You can't do it the same way with like the newer Switches because they're better at whatever. But the Wii U is you know, it's fantastic for type, that type of thing. Yeah. So what you're saying is don't buy re-releases, just, just pirate them. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's illegal. Um, what I'm saying is is that the thing is, is with these extra charges to get an upgraded version, look, I, kn- I know they really are a pain in the ass. Maybe $10 is probably too much. I think that is kind of like the step footnote, right? Like if somebody goes out and buys a game for PS4, they're like, boy, can't wait to get home and play this on my PS5. Never played it before. And they're like, here's the PS5 upgradable version for an extra $10. Maybe that's a little bit irritating. But for the people that already own the game, and have since those games have launched, so say games like Ghost of Tsushima or whatever, $10 doesn't really seem like that much of a jump up just to get that little bit of an extra oomph out of it. Um, but for people who are buying the game off the store shelf, going home and then realizing you can pay an extra 10 bucks to get an upgrade, it's probably probably more infuriating to those people 
Mm. If it was a bit cheaper, I think it'd be fine. Um, but why why they're copying it when Nintendo can release something like, you know, Skyward Sword or a Wii U port or something like that, you know, is pretty fucking weird. Yeah. Do you, like, feel, do you feel like Nintendo get away with it because of their sort of place in, in the industry where they are, you know, I guess, beloved for their IP? So people were... <laughs> Will pay for it. Where's Ghost of the Shima? People love it, but it's been around a year. So I think I think it's more of a case of Nintendo, Nintendo fans don't have a choice anymore. We don't have Virtual Console anymore. So when these things come out, and they're like, "Here it is for eighty dollars. Just buy it. Come on, just buy it. Eat my carrot on the stick." They're kind of like, "Oh well, I guess guess I just have to do it because I got no Virtual Console yeah, anymore." So I'm gonna fucking with the Wii having a uh, so the Wii U having a Virtual Console from. Um, NES all the way up to Wii and now having no virtual console apart from limited titles on yeah. <laughs> NES and Super Nintendo, you can see why now. They re-released Skyward Sword for more than twice what they were charging for it on Wii U, even though there was a there was development that went into it, but still a very good turnaround for Nintendo because they're going to release Breath of the Wild 2 and charge $90 for it. But they can just remaster Skyward Sword and charge eighty. It's like it's 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 nuts. Just like uh, how they price these things, how they're very similar. But mm. yeah, I don't know. And once I get through Skyward Sword, like again, I was not paid, uh, and I was given the game for free. So whether that affects you, your opinion on my opinion or not, or whether it's worth it, is you know whatever. But speaking from a consumer who. Would have paid for the game even if I didn't. Yeah. Likewise. So far, so far, I'm kind of like, man, this product just feels like an excuse to get me to play Skyward Sword. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Not that Skyward Sword is bad; it is fine in its storytelling. Not so great in its repetitive, but is it worth that amount of money? Nah. Not from the perspective of somebody that's already played it. Yeah. I think that's fun. The only... <coughs> no, damn. Oh God, oh God. The only thing I'm getting out of it now is I'm reliving it, uh, reliving the story. I don't care about the fights or whatever. I've already done them. Some of the fights are fun. Some of the boss fights are great. Uh, Skaldera. Fun mm. boss. Mm. Throw, a bo- throw, a bo- throw a bomb down a hole. Make him eat it. Stab him in the eye. Mm. Oh. <laughs> great fun. Um, but like, apart from that, you know, I'll do lightning round, get my Hylian shield, do what I consider completionist objectives and then go and kill the boss and I'll be done with it. And you know what? I probably won't launch Skyward Sword for the rest of the time that I own the Switch. Does that mean I think it's bad? No. It It just means I don't want to play it again. And, um, as a Zelda fan, that's a little bit awkward because... (laughs) I will play a lot of Zelda games again and again and again and again, but Skyward Sword is one of those games I won't. Awkward. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. Mm. You know, it is definitely a game you should experience once. At a price tag of $80, I feel like I shouldn't have to only experience once because it's, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> should have to experience that about five times. Breath of the White. I, I sunk the same amount of money in Breath into Breath. Well, well, I didn't sink any money into Skyward Sword, but my point is, is that like they cost the same amount of money. 
Uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, I've put over 200 hours in. In Skyward Sword, I'd be lucky to put 30. Before I'm done with it entirely. Yeah. I mean, you can't compare... No, you can't. ...time spent as just like to one another. You've been the exact same. No, um, you can't, but time spent in a game generally reflects my enjoyment of the product. I'm not going to spend 200 hours in a game that I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I'd hope you wouldn't. Exactly. It's a tremendous waste of time. You know, that is a friggin' huge waste of time. Yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild, there's plenty for me to do, and I enjoy my time with the game whenever I boot it up, and that's that's great. Skyward Sword is a game that I played years ago, uh, semi-enjoyed my time with it, got through the story, never played it again, uh, for a decade, literal decade. It's the 10th year anniversary for that game. And now I'm playing it again. And I'm like, as I'm coming to the end of it, I'm like, I remember why I didn't want to play this again. So here we are. Here we are. So Bryce, he's not a big fan of re-releases. I'm fine with the Wii U ones. You're fine with the Wii U ones. <laughs> and so- I'm fine with, actually, I'm fine. And with the Xenoblade Chronicles, for as an example, I'm fine with re-releases that get a more fleshed out experience. Mm. Like, yeah. You know, conclusive like a conclusive side story, which I still haven't played. I really need to get around to doing that. The um, what do they call it? Something episode. Yeah, I forgot to. Well, the extra episode. Let's just call it the extra episode. Yeah, having something like that that helps bridge the connection between the two games when those games are very intricately intricately connected in a specific way, but you you won't know how until you play through. Um. But, uh, you know, having those games connected and having that bridge that they added in to make it there, that's cool. That's good. It gives you more flavor context. It gives you a reason to do it. Now, if they had taken Skyward Sword and they were like, you know. Here's a bridge to Breath of the Wild 2? Yeah. Mm. And done like a little thing where it's just like, here's how things could happen. That would make so much more sense and it would make so much, make it so much better. Get me more hyped. What I was also expecting is when they remade Ocarina of Time 3D, there was a, an Easter egg for Skyward Sword in that game before Skyward Sword came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking they might have like put an Easter egg for another Zelda game in this HD version, but... I haven't heard anything. No, I haven't heard anything either. Maybe it's very well hidden. Don't know. It's only been out a few days, so... I don't. I don't think there'd be anything in it, and that, like, you know, that is a problem. At the end of the day, it's like you can tell where the effort is. If 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 a development team can go back and work on a game that is literally a deck again and a decade old, because Xenoblade Chronicles was, mm. to add additional content into the game, then surely they could have done it with Skyward Sword in some prospect. But Hero Mode is something that was already in there, and it's the only extra content in the game, apart from the main story. Yeah. Oh, well, mm. it is what it is. You still got more to play, my friend. Still got more to play. Another five hours, maybe. You're not going to escape it this quick, mate. Uh, I'll be done tomorrow. I can guarantee it. I'll yeah. be done tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to go home after this. I'm going to go home, get into bed, probably smash out three temples before I go to sleep and then finish it tomorrow morning. I can guarantee it. All right. I believe you. Mm. Let me know. Well, temples. I call them temples, but sections. There you go. Mm. They're about an hour each, maybe an hour and a half. So, yeah. Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up the show, Bros? I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we had a pretty con- uh, good show this week. Oh, yeah. Talked about a lot of stuff. We had a lot to talk about, realistically. Did, yeah. Like, you know, Skyward Sword, obviously, the Steam Deck, and then um, 
This Nickelodeon fucking smash thing. Oh, yeah. No, that was the biggest thing of them all. No, it's just, you, you know, it, it was interesting because it was kind of like, here's a smash competitor. Here we go. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> I don't view it as a smash competitor. I see it as a... Well, it depends. The mentally players might jump onto it. There's a lot of nostalgia in kids' television shows, and you got to think about all these things that people have asked for over the years, like, let's put Goku in Smash Brothers. You know, could happen, man. Sakurai's like, I tell you what, guys. Actually I'm- getting closer, technically, if they put Ang and Korra in there. Soon enough, we will have Goku in a Smash Bros. game. Mm. No, it'll never happen. No, not 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 like an actual Smash Brothers game, but like a Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, clone. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Sakurai just sees that Ang and Core is in Nickelodeon All Stars. Quick, get Goku. <laughs> Fulfill the meme. <laughs> imagine, imagine if that's the last DLC past character. It's just like he's he said he'd never do it. He would never have anything that's not a gaming personality specifically. In Smash Brothers, and then the last character is Goku. Yeah. Holy shit. Could you imagine the Sakurai presents? It's like, it goes for five seconds. I was like, I fucking lied. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh, It'd be so funny. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 198. If you'd like to support the show, you can leave us an Apple podcast like our friend from Great Britain did at the start of the show. Thank you very much. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow myself at iDruby. You can follow Bryce at IV Revan, And you can follow the show at The House of Mario for all of the updates coming to the show. And if you'd like to join our Discord community, you can. There is an invite in the show notes. Please click on it. Please join. We'd love to have you in our little community. We love everyone in there very, very, very much. Yum, yum. Yum, 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 yum. And if you got this far... Go into the House of Mario Discord mm-hmm. and go to the general section and leave the hashtag Elmo Loves Drew. Hashtag Elmo Loves Drew. You know, I had a very unfortunate moment back in 2011 where I had to say to Elmo, you can't play Sky with Sword. And honestly, Bryce, we haven't talked ever since. Oh, no. No. You and bloody Elmo. Tell you what, we might have to rekindle that friendship, but not tonight. Oh. Yes. And, of course, thank you very much to our Patreon producers, DJ, Sam Hay, and Alex Harding. We appreciate you guys very much. DJ very- Hay the Harding. Hmm. DJ Hay the Harding. DJ Hay the Harding. Put, imagine if they're all just like the one person, and that is their name. Dun, 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 dun. Hmm. My name's DJ Hay the Harding. Bum, 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 bum. I am a fused amalgamation. Until next week, guys. Bye. The house of Mario. The doors to the house of Mario are closed. The house and the house of Mario to the doors are closed. Or a fire. Uh, say your nana. <laughs>